This is uh, no podcast for comic no, picks by the Glick. Just kidding. Yeah, we've already done this joke before. <laughs> this is comic picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason. Hey. Okay, so some of you, yeah, if you read my um, like non-podcast posts on our on our website, then you also notice that hey, one of the reasons I gave for just like not offering a retraction of my oh, let's see, um, Miracle Man as Thorn Osborne's mystery muscle in in the Marvel Universe right now. One of his reasons I gave for an offer, a retraction of that um, was the fact that I've been rereading all 18 volumes of um, Naoki Urasawa's Monster. Mm. Well, you see, it's like, after... I see, I found... Well, basically, it's like... See, I, I guess I'm kind of justifying that, because, like, hey, I went and re- reread all 18 volumes of Monster in the sense that, hey, it's like, as promised in one of my earlier posts, that, hey, I figured, you know what, why not just do a podcast on, on Urasawa? Because... Right now, he's one of the he's probably one of the hottest. Um, okay, well, I guess it depends on what audience you pertain to. <laughs> yeah, because on one hand, like yes, yeah, it's, it's like when you talk about hot in in American manga, you're talking about just basically like, who's the most popular Shonen Jump author right now, <laughs> like as opposed to like, like Masashi, he, the guy who does Naruto, there you go. Um, the, that guy, um, Tite Kubo who does Bleach, mm-hmm. and Ichiro Oda does One Piece. Like who's the most which one of those guys is the most popular right now? But then you get to the I guess the older um, segment group of people who read manga like me, and then you think about it, like, well, who like when you talk about like Viz's signature imprint, who's the most popular guy there? Who do you want to see more of? And then you look at, and then you get someone like Urasawa, who's just a master of creating like accessible, intelligent, suspenseful works. Mm-hmm. And for years, and like for years in Japan, he was basically like he was um, a popular author. He did he's been known for like titles like um, Pineapple Army and and Yawara. and then. Um, back in the mid '90s, he came up with a series called Monster, and that basically pushed him from being like a, like a fairly popular author who did lots of good stuff to basically being held as the successor to Amosamu Tezuka. Because and uh, and, Mon- and to be honest, that's not entirely unjustified. Mm. Probably well, on second that, yeah, it's like it's might mm. be a little bit overstating things, but not by much, <laughs> because um he's he's a, clearly a very talented author. And Monster is a work that you that that should be read at least once by anyone, even though it's not without its flaws, which I'll get into in a little bit. Okay. Now the thing is about thing was with Monster, more than anything else, is an extremely accessible work. Because you can just talk about its premise. It's just like a like a surgeon um, saves the life of this one kid who grows up to be a serial killer. Yeah. And that's that's your high concept right there. And you can just t- tell it to anyone, and like that's it's easy. It's easy to grab right there. You yeah. won't have to like cl- classify it by saying, "Oh well, he's also he also um, transforms into like a Sentai superhero." Yeah, he doesn't have like um, superpowers or anything, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. I Means like it's just it's just real great real world action. That's in that's that you can like talk to tell to anyone about. It. I mean, at work at my job, it's like I'm just like a like a para, principal paralegal. I'm basically the comic book guy at my company. Like I basically read comic books every week, and so, like, now most people, like most of my coworkers, like generally don't don't pay too much attention. Like they'll you know, pay asking, like you know, like saying, like, well, what's what are you reading right right now, Glick? It's like, it's like oh, I'm telling tell about this. I'm telling about, and then they ask me about Monster, and so I tell them, yeah, it's about this. Um, given the, basically the premise, and they say, wow, that sounds really interesting. So I loaned it to one of my coworkers who showed it to her nephew, and apparently he can't. He eats this stuff up. He wow. loves this, and he's kind of awesome. Yeah, he's um, basically chopping up the bit for each volume, and, she, and even and even his aunt, who was my coworker, she's she's even like started reading the first couple of volumes as well. So that's 
this is kind of the reach this, this story has. And basically, mm. in more detail, it's a story of um, uh, um, Dr. Of um, Kenzo Tenma, a doctor at a German hospital, mm-hmm. who's just basically your standard Japanese Japanese do- Japanese guy. I mean, he's in, in a German hospital. In a German hospital, like he's <laughs> like he's just just doing doing his thing, just like let let himself be taken advantage of, and just um going about business as as usual. Just he's like a kind of junior doctor though. Correct. Yeah, yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. He's basically he he's a, he's a brilliant surgeon, but he's also at dating. He also like basically um at the um subservient to the doctor's chancellor. Who's also he's dating his Daniel Chancellor's daughter. Oh. Yeah, and at one point he's he's just continuing to go about this as usual, except at one point when he's do, op, operating on the on this one patient, and uh, and he's ordered to um stop operating on this guy in order to um save one of this save this save this one opera singer instead because like you know hey, opera singer is more more important than just like some random peasant. Yep. And then this one this one peasant's um like wife comes like starts harassing him after he. After he saves him, after he um saves the opera singer instead, and and Tenma is just kind of he's saying well he's supposed to reexamine his principle like you know it's like all it's like, like aren't all lives equal like shouldn't shouldn't I have worked on this person instead like like right. what what does it matter like this person was like you know like the famous opera singer like this guy came in first you know mm-hmm. like all lives are equal right yeah and then one night this one let's, let's see this one trait this one Let's see this one. Um, this one politician from East German Germany. He's he's he is killed, and his two two kids, adopted children, are brought into the hospital. One one of the girls is completely. Sh- the girl, the daughter, is shell shocked. The um son has been shot in the head. Oh, this is interesting. By the way, you brought up something which is interesting. You said East German. Yes. East what German. do you mean by East German? Yeah, basically, um, Temin is in West Germany, the good democratic. Um, sites. So this but. takes place during the time when there was two German states. Mm. Yes, this is just yeah. This is um, Cold right? War Germany. Let me check the timeline. Yeah, this this starts off in 1986. Yeah, it eventually goes go, goes towards 19, 1997. There you in, go. In the present in the present day for the series as yeah. well. So ten and then and ten, like, as he's about to operate on the son who's been shot in the head, um, he's been given the order. Or by the chancellor to um, operate on the uh, on the mayor of the town that he is that he's in, who's basically had a stroke. Yeah. And so Tema basically like rebels against him, operates, saves the kid, um, foregoes the operation on the on the mayor who dies. Right. And he's basically um, blacklisted in the hospital after after that. He's still there, but he's just basically doing grunt work afterwards. Mm. Then the chancellor dies mysteriously, and so Tema is then promoted to being chief surgeon in order to take his place. Mm-hmm. So and then things are going great for Tenma for these next ten years or so, and then there's this mysterious, there's a couple of mysterious murder start start popping up over over the uh, over, over Germany, uh-huh. and and this one and um, he's and uh, eventually like one of the there's one character who one person one person who's um, said to be involved in master of lockpicker lock is basically um, brought to Tenma's hospital. Tenma operates on him, saves his life. And then he basically tries to find out, tries to start picking his brain for like why he um like wh- like what why he was involved in this thing and what his, what his role is and then he basically says like like there was like I was basically in the service of a monster mm-hmm. and eventually that monster comes back kills the guy in front of Tenma and Tenma finds out that it's the kid who he saved all these years ago yeah and from there it's basically like Tenma trying trying to figure out just 
right, what's what's the story behind this kid? How can I stop him? Because like he's basically, I I brought him back to life. He would have died without me. Mm-hmm. I, if I had done this, the world would have been a better place if I had just let let this kid die. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just pure pure straight out suspense from right there. Because the thing is with Monster, while it's got a great high concept premise, the mm-hmm. overall thrust of the series is basically kind of like you know like the Fugitive meets Seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Tema is eventually framed for for the murders of the of the doc of, of the doctor who Doctor Chancellor who um the monster who goes by the name of Johan mm-hmm. um killed all these years ago, and basically he's basically like um, thrust on the run throughout throughout Germany in an attempt to um, track Johan down, figure out his origins, and then eventually like bring him to justice or you know shoot him in the head. Yeah, yeah. But also like well. Well, Tema's got bit. Well, see, Tema is basically Doctor Richard Kimball in this case. His Sam Gerard is played by. It's pretty like um. Say, um, let's see, what's his, his first name? Is played by Inspector Lunga, who oh. is um. Basically, he he's got a great evil character design. Great, great Hawkeye must mustaches, Hawkeye eyebrows, and he's just. Um, a character who you look at him, he th- you think evil, but he's just really like a very driven member of the BKA, basically like the German Germany's equivalent of the FBI. Right. And like he's basically like, got his own like character. He's basically like he he takes takes he's got like a like a this great memory. It just takes in all the subjective information by typing out, on uh, t- typing out stuff in his using his right hand, just like as a as a, using his treating his mind as a computer, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, he's basically a dedicated. To him bringing down um, Doctor Tema because he basically figures that he's got like a split personality because yeah. like you know like his like this guy Johan he 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 can't exist in real life you know mm-hmm. some guy because he tries to tell him yeah Tema Tema tries tells him exactly he tells the police exactly what happened but it only brings him deeper and deeper into suspicion mm-hmm. but and then uh, basically Lunga is basically the guy who, who who's trying to track him down he just but. He just, but, and then he, and it's, it's fun seeing, um, Lunga try tracking down, and just, even as he goes down, like, this, this path of, like, of Tenma's suspicion, eventually he, he starts to realize that, you know, Tenma might actually be, be right, because, like, once he starts, um, being convinced, once he starts, people, once people he starts interviewing actually starts telling him about Johan, um, then he starts, um, starts suspecting things, then takes him on a much more, um, let's say, uh, Existential route than his usual objective um, intake of information, which mm-hmm. makes for like a very interesting journey for the for the character. I mean, it actually winds up humanizing him much later on in the manga. Yeah. But the thing is, like the the manga is basically it's pretty straightforward suspense as Tenma starts tracking Johan down, and he finally Johan's been really really busy over the years that since he was originally admitted to Tenma's hospital, basically becoming like being with people, like manipulating them, manipulating Germany's un- Germany's underworld. And eventually, like working himself into the position of it, of one of its um, premier um, um, financiers, and um, eventually, like you think he's trying to start trying to be taken over, taken over the country in, in some space. But then he then something happens, and then you realize that Johan basically he eventually just wants to like, just, to disappear, to just wipe himself out for out from 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 basically ever having existed, mm. and it's. And this basically the, this this arc basically the first nine volumes basically like basically Timma trying to track down Johan coming face, um, meeting up with lots of interesting characters. I mean the supporting cast is fantastic because yeah. even though while well, the first half of the of the series basically focuses exclusively on Timma's um, Timma's quest to track him down, 
the second half goes off in much more goes in a lot of different directions even like let, letting Tema fade out from from prominence even for several volumes at a time like he'll only show up like maybe once or twice in like huh. like like several after several several dozen chapters uh-huh. but it's it's a testament to like how to how Urasawa, Urasawa works that he can he creates an interesting cast an interesting cast from from Dieter the um young young boy who Tema rescues from for, for a doctor who's determined to, to uh, re- recreate these circumstances that that led led to jo- led to Johann's birth in this one German German reeducation camp um center right also the um ten, one of Tema's old old col- old colleagues Doctor Doctor Gillen who's basically re- how to researching serial killers Doctor Reich Reichwein a psychologist who's also got a vested interest in Tema's mm-hmm. case. And also Tema's old fiance, whose um, father was the old chancellor, and she right. Wow, it's like her liver is just made out of, out of alcohol because she's a, yeah. a tr- truly vicious, vicious and mean drunk at times. There you go. But mm-hmm. like it's and also um, um Aunt Anna, who's um Johan's um sister, mm-hmm. who's not a serial murderer. Not a serial murderer. She, <laughs> she her life turned out to be quite quite. Really well, actually, but then um, Johan's involvement basically winds up ruining it, and she also takes it upon herself to try and try and um, make up for that for his involvement as well. But does she team up with Tenma? Yes, she yes she does on several occasions. But thing is, like I said, the first first nine volumes are basically are really focused in in short, like showing Tenma eventually making up with Johan, but not actually ma- managing to do him in. the The last the last nine volumes are, are a lot. Are generally more unfo- unfocused in a sense, not not necessarily in a bad way, but I'll come to the series flaws in a se- in a second. Mm. But in the sense that it's basically they start digging into Johann's past mm-hmm. and also and also his genesis, and that leads to a much more I don't know, it's like like it's more unfocused, but not but not necessarily less interesting because he's they're less like you're not trying focusing on one specific narrative. Never threads, just like focusing on a, on on a general idea as opposed to like a general plot, and it's like overall the series like when I I read the series like five or six years ago when it was being sca- in scanlations, and I swear to God I could not stop clicking the um, next button when I was <laughs> reading this thing. I mean, like I just start like oh, next volume, next volume. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's, it's great because Urasawa, he he is just he is scarily competent. It's just like Urasawa, it's like. At, at, at just generating like a, this this the sense of suspense. I mean, like you you read his stuff and he just knows how to get you to keep turning from page to page to page because he's just the way he he um he he lays us lays stuff out on the page, sets up the cliffhangers. I mean, you just want to know more. You just want what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Up until the end, when you reach it, it's like, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how you wrap, that's how you wrap things up. And then, and like I said, overall, so if you've never read this this series. Like I said, you gotta check it out at least once because it is such is a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic page turner, and it's like it's, it's accessible. I can rec- feel free to recommend this just about anyone because it's it's universal premise. I mean, the only problem I had recommending like just people who don't read manga is that you know it's you read it um right to left as opposed to left to right. Correct. Yeah. Now the issues though is that you know this is when I my recent rereading of it is basically my third time through the Monster Universe. After reading the scanlations, then seeing the the anime, which is basically a one to one representation of the series. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, after you've read it once, then you start and you read it again. 
then you start noticing all the little things, little mechanisms hmm. on the, the going behind the series. Like basically, all all of start to become a bit, bit more transparent over the course of the series. I mean, hmm. you start to notice how th- things like how Tenlet seems to encounter a moral quandary everywhere he goes. Hmm. Like whenever he, if he's just no, like just tra- like just if he's just tra- going through the um, the countryside, he'll find a guy. Who, guy needs saving he's scoping out a place he needs to kill Johan he'll find this one guy who used to be a member of the SS um looking for redemption stuff like stuff like that I mean it's like it doesn't occur to you to think about this stuff the first time too but then you look it's like you know this this actually happens a whole lot wow that's that's more than coincidental yes and then also other things like um one of Johan's followers on Roberto this guy he's a character who um tends to show up just at just the right time I, whenever um, something happens, I mean, you, you marvel at his ability to show up, to show up at just at, at just most the last place you'd expect him. I mean, normally, guy, you expect like like someone shows up the last place you expect him to be a surprise, but then you realize that you know that's kind, that's kind of like, that's Roberto's stock and trade to show to show up when you least expect him. And there's Roberto again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's I don't know. It's like. It's not it's just not enough to kill the series. I mean, like reading reading it again, mm-hmm. it is still compulsively read, readable, but it's just like the, the whole kind of like you know like the magic of like the first time through. It's 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 not there anymore. Gotcha. But it's like I said, it's still it's still a great series, and like I said, I recommend. Like I said, you need to read it at least once, either buy it yourself or at least borrow it from a friend. There you go. Yeah, but since then, I mean, like Monster, I mean, like. Like I said, one of the things I've one of the reasons that um, Urso has achieved like prominence among the uh, well, I guess the uh, aged among a fan like me here is that like you you read it, as you're reading through it, like, it's it's fantastic, and then you wonder you know, and the thing is like Urosawa has actually been um, relatively prolific in the last couple of years because mm. in addition to Monster, he's also done two series that are being released by Viz right now. Mm. One is Twentieth Century Boys, his new series is being um, adapted into a movie trilogy in Japan. Mm. Which is actually done uh, really well, from what I understand. That's now, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I like to I'd like to see it, but the problem is I'm they've only reached to volume five right now, and so I don't want to watch the movies until I learn like you no, know, I don't want to spoil anything from, from right. the manga. Right, exactly. Yeah. Now, Twentieth Century Boys is the story of um this, this guy Kenji and his um childhood friends who um created all these did all these like um you know like. You know, when you're a kid, you get all these adventures like you saving the world from, from like robot from from robots and um, bad guys and just you being the hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the Kenji did Kenji did this with all his friends, and then years later they find out that oh wait, someone is actually like using this thing, using all these things we thought up in order to take over the world. <laughs> it's an interesting premise because basically, it's kind of like the story of like if they were kids like you know it's. Like the kids saving the world premise is kind of something that's been done to death in shonen manga in Japan. Mm-hmm. Right. But with 20th Century Boys, it's a story of like you know what happens when like like all the stuff you dream of as kids becomes true, but you're no longer a kid anymore. Like you're just like you're the adult, the the cynical, like the, the cynical adult who has become like depressed of what life has had to offer him, and then you find out that all your childhood dreams are coming true, and then now you have to try to summon up the uh, the will in order to save save the world from them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I like about this series because it's 
since, like I said, it's basically like a, a standard shonen adventure done, like, only it's not done by, um, like, say, uh, like, 11 or 12 year olds, it's like, um, like some 30, 30 to 40 year old, like, adults who are just, um, just don't have that will to survive anymore, but they're starting, they're starting to rediscover things, and they're done to try to try to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Now, while I know the series has been probably fully scamulated, I've resisted in in reading them because you know, like, I want to see this as it comes out. And reading this, it's like, oh man, it's like it. It's gotten to the point where like it bugs me now that um, this is releasing this bi monthly and that this month is a skip month. So I want to know what's happening next. Like with volume five. Like I talk about this on, it's like on the what I've been reading columns, but yeah. you've but it's gotten to the point where like Kenji and Isuru and his um, childhood friends are working together to um to stop their enemy, the friend who is the guy who's uh, it's or this political and social movement that's slowly taking over Japan, and like they've they like they've got things together. They're about to sit, stop save themselves and stop the mon the ro- the robot that that the friend has whipped up. Mm-hmm. But then, mm-hmm. just as the moment they were, looks like they're about to take take it on, then it jumps forward about fourteen years to focus on Kenji's um, niece, Kana. Mm. Now, Kana is the um, type of frighteningly competent female female protagonist that um, Urasawa loves to write about. Um, you can also, like I mentioned, uh, um, Anna in uh, Monster, and like she's also this kind of character as well. Only she's, she's kind of like she's just really, really scarily competent. Just like you know, just about anything she does, like from comes from like well, it's like serving people at restaurants to stopping gunfights between rebel gangs in downtown in um downtown Japan. It's like it's fun seeing her because like while Kenji is kind of a he's this kind of guy who used to be a, like have this fire but then went out and he was trying to rediscover it again. Kana is someone who's like just got just never she's always had it even when she was a, she was a little baby. She's just um gonna be the you know she's gonna be the hero of this story from here on out. But mm. I think one of the things I like about the series is that even with this time jump, it basically um it gets it involves me in speculating like what happened like in those fourteen years, like what happened to Kenji, what happened to its friends, and um what's and like why are why are the friends the friends party um why is he um suddenly taking over Japan now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that's. See that that's one thing that's what I like about this and why I'm so um upset that like it's only released bi monthly. Like, I want to see this well, a new volume every month so I can cause, like it's it's twenty one volumes from one well twenty or twenty one. Okay, go back and check, but it's overall it's great great involving stuff and I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing how this turns out. It looks like he has a talent for creating that kind of a storyline. Then yes, yeah. I, a storyline that gets you to hang on, you know. Yeah, he's he's just like it's just, his general skill as a, as a storyteller is just like, you know, he he's he's finally he's, he understands the basics of a story, and just like what the the bare minimum of what's needed to get you in involved. He just he nails that every single time from what I from all the stuff I've read. That even when he's not operating at peak form, it's still compulsively readable because like he because you're still involved, in, you're still at the at the basic level of what's going on. Because that being said, the other series that's the, that's being released by him right now, the reason why um, 20th Century Boys is being released on a skip month, I imagine, is because his other series, Pluto, which is um, based on a um, Osama Tezuka's Astro Boy story, The Strongest Robot on Earth, mm-hmm. 
he's redoing this, sto this story in a modern sense, focusing on one of the um, supporting characters, not not Astro, but um, Geist, a German um, detective robot. Now, on the surface, it's it's a good, interesting whodunit, as opposed to like you should find out like what um, what this what this um this robot Pluto, who is um, going around killing all the strongest robots on Earth. What what's what's his motives? Who is behind him? Why is he doing this? But the problem now, I'll, let me just say that I plan on um, at, hopefully at some point dragging um, the rest of the no podcast for old men guys hmm. to talk about this because it's basically because it is a very um, sci-fi question and I'd love to hear their thoughts on this because they because I should do like a good like spectrum of let's just say that like between. Between John, Sebastian, and Jess, they've got, got a nice spectrum of interest for this that I like to mine. Okay, but... Because the thing is, basically, is that with, with um, Pluto, Urasawa is telling a hard sci-fi story without any hard science fiction. Like, there's not, like... There's stuff that like, will be very interesting to see, like, see this, how is this explained from a um, hard science... from a science fiction perspective, but he's... he's equating, like, Humans and robots in a one-to-one race, one-to-one perspective, like, and that that just doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And like, I I want to like, get, but the problem is like, I'm the only one that I know that's reading the series right now, so I want to know, is it just me that's having this, these issues with it, or like, you know, like, am I just thinking too much into these, these things? Mm -hmm. So like, like I said, at this point, I'm gonna reserve my thoughts on on Pluto, which is gonna be eight volumes total. Six is coming out this month. It should be all done by let's see, April of this year. Uh, April of 2010. 2010, right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, like, at, hopefully I will um, get our next crossover cast will be um, will be um, done before then, but, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But overall, it's like I said, if you, yeah, like, when Astro Boy comes out on DVD. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, I yeah, I didn't do anything on Astro Boy because, you know, well... As I said before, I love Tezuka's later stuff. His earlier stuff, including Astro Boy, um, I'm not so not so impressed by. But, gotcha. but you know, I'm still I I'm still like more amenable to Urasawa's modern take on the franchise than than what we got right now. Gotcha. And but overall, bottom line is like Ur Urasawa, great great storyteller. Looking forward to being anything he does next, including his new newest series, Billy Bat, which is first time just came out in Japan. Can't wait to see um, how how that turns out once it's released over here. Assuming like, it's it's going to be in the pipeline after 20th Century Boys is done. Hmm. So hey, like I said, go on. Next time you see a sale of the right stuff at, on Viz stuff, just go and like look for some stuff. Buy everything you can from there. Okay, gotcha. All right, and on that note, calling it a night. All right, next time. <laughs>